great. I'm not saying nothing about it. But it's a different time. There's people shooting up in the schoolyards. There's people killing each other in the hardwoods. It's a different time. And you guys are a different animal. And I'm proud to be serving alongside Lost Creek Ministries, you guys today, okay? today because we're in trying times and I think God wants to encourage you in these trying times. How much more, this is Hebrews 11.32, do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and they received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Come on, somebody needs to pray that right now. These were different people. They had different faith. And when the lions roared, they shut their mouths. They quenched the flames of fire and they escaped death by the edge of their sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle. And they put whole armies to flight. Yeah. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Psalm, Psalm 144, 1 and 2. A Psalm of David. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war. And He gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally, my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescue. He is my shield and I take refuge in Him. He makes the nation submit to me. He makes the... We're going to talk David said He makes the nation submit to me. Obadiah 1 1. Somebody said, Oh, what? Oh, who? Oh, what? Obadiah. All right. This is the vision that the sovereign Lord revealed to Obadiah concerning the land of Eden. We have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to say, Get ready, everyone. Let's assemble our armies and attack Eden. Let me just tell you about that word real quick. Edom was, so, so they were kind of, they were uh, Israel's neighbors. They were Judah's neighbors, to be more specific in that time. And, 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 and they kind of sat by while Israel's enemies attacked them. Edom didn't really attack Israel. They might have helped out a little bit. But God said, you know what? We're going to take, uh, take care of those guys. Because they sat back while my people got picked off one by one. And he saw what Obadiah came to give a message to the Lord to say, let's get the armies together and let's go take back what the enemies took. Let's go take back. Let's get ours back. It's time we take back what the enemy stole from us. It's time to take back what Charles has stolen from us. It's time to take back. 
Ephesians 6 to 10 through 12. Now, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength. Since I'm weak, I'm nothing. I'm not trained, I don't speak, I don't sing. I'm damaged goods. And God says to you, be supernaturally infused. You know what an infusion is? You ever had, I know my mom has, I know my wife has, and some of you others I know have had in this room. You, in India, you get blood low, you can't really walk. And you go up to that cancer center, and they put, they pump something in those veins, and it just flows through you. His word says he wants to supernaturally flow, infuse your body, spirit, mind with his strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious. Two saved, 
We used to get up on Friday nights and mama would make veggie trays with radishes because you had radish in the old days. Radishes were, you ain't safe if you don't eat radish. These you know what's wrong with the world today? They, you go to food city and they took radish off the, off the veggie tray. They replaced it with celery. Who likes celery? Who likes celery? What's it taste like? Nothing. Just chew on a pencil or something. Go out and break you off a stalk or something. They'd make a veggie tray. Their mama make them cookies. And I kind of get cookies like I do the Word of God sometimes. They make fun of me. I've not ate peanut butter cookies since about 1978 because I went down and ate 23 of them. And I threw up all night and I've never been able to really enjoy a peanut butter cookie ever since. But you know, when something's good, I just got to keep eating. And so some of y'all may not be like that. Some of y'all may be good taking one bite of cookie and going home and saying, boy, that was a good bite of cookie. But I'm going to eat till I explode. This morning, I'm going to eat till I explode. But back then on Friday nights, they go up to the, we, we just had one little TV and you know, back in those days, now they, they, they just twisted the head. You had to get up and twist. Y'all don't get that. Some of you might. You didn't like the chair, you had to get your butt up, walk over there, and twist one of the other three chairs. Right? And it wasn't on nothing one of the three you got. Well, you just had to read a book or do something else. Go outside and play for a little. Oh my goodness. And then watch the Love Old Fantasy Island. And I've been preaching against the Love Old Fantasy Island ever since because this ain't no Love Old and this ain't no Fantasy Island. This is a war. And we were made for war. We were made for We were made for these times. These are hard times. And the Word of God says they keep getting harder. But let me tell you what else the Word of God says. It says you're not an accident. You were formed. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That means He created you with purpose. But to get this, you gotta get your little hand on this. Not only did he defeat did he create you to be this person you are. He knew the time he wanted to create you in. Yes. He said, for this hard time, these are the people I want to put on this earth. That's right. Because the way I look at things, I'm sure God's the same. You give the hardest fights to your best soldiers. When you play against Matt McClellan in high school ball, you better put your best defender on the court and then you better pray he breaks his knee or something. <laughs> but God chose to create you for this time. Get a hold of that. When we sit here and talk about how rough this time is, okay, but what does it mean that God said, I created you for this time? Yep. That these people are going to be my people that can take care of things in this time. You were made for this moment. Right. You were made for this time. It's not somebody else. It's not somebody prettier, better, smarter, nicer, cooler, richer, more talented down the street. You were made this for this fight. 
you were meant for this age. And this is a different fight than any other, ever other historical fight has ever occurred. But you're a different animal. Now, oh, Val, can you help me? Where'd it go? I was done there. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I had to bring him back. Val, yeah, y'all heard this. Some of y'all paid attention, some of you didn't. Look at this. Now, this is what my wife thought I will I get one thing for the home. Because I'm, I'm a minimalist. I don't like a bunch of clutter. And this is what she chooses. It's not a Fabergé egg, but it's, it's a, it's, what is that? Now, here's the cool thing about ducks. Did you know ducks are made by their creator? Made by our creator, God. To withstand water. Yes. I can tell you all ways. Their feathers are made different than the other bird. Yes. They get a lot like armor, so they make like a scuba diving outfit. They're extra buoyant, and they're extra good in water. They're, they repel water. Not only that, they have extra oily, oil in their skin, which helps them repel the water. They're not like other birds. They might look sort of like another bird, but their feathers and oil structure is completely different. Guess what else is different? Their lungs. Yep. They breathe different. Yep. They're built so they can go underwater for long periods of time. Your cardinal that keeps hitting your window or your screaming porch or whatever can't do that. The eagle can't do that. The mighty eagle. He's made for being a mile high. But he's not made for the water. Not only that, they've got special feet. They're webbed. So they're made to swim. Their natural habitat is marsh. The wettest places on earth is where they're the most comfortable. They're like the Seminole Indians in Florida that thrive in the swamps. They got used to it. It was their place. And then people go in and try to get them and say, yeah, come on to the swamps. Come on to the swamps. The ducks say, come on to the marsh, predators. Come on to the marsh, foxes. Come on to the marsh. Because they were made for water. They were made for wetlands. So when she bought this duck that had a raincoat, it spoke to me huge. Because I was like, why would a duck who was made by God to want water put on a raincoat? And neither do we. Why would we spend all of our life trying to avoid storms? Well, God said you were made for this storm. You were made for this storm. Maybe the ducks saw other birds didn't have to put they were scared of the water. Think about it. Think about it. I know this is just art. I know this is, I don't even know if you call it art. But give, let's, let's give a little bit of discretion to the sculptor of this thing. Designer of this thing. I actually like him. He's cute. I like ducks. My grandma had 
Now I'll duck painting on the wall and I'll never forget that painting. I wish I had it. I don't know who got that. If it's in a closet somewhere, I like it. Who? Yeah, where'd it go? I don't know. Anyway. We're having a family dispute, but it's okay. Give us a minute. Give us a minute. Maybe this duck saw other ducks being afraid of the water and figured I ought to be afraid of the water too. There you go. Maybe this duck saw, well, everybody else has to have a pill to sleep at night. Maybe I need one. Uh, maybe this duck said everybody else is high. Maybe I need to be high. Maybe that duck said everybody else is miserable. Maybe I need to be miserable. Maybe that duck says everybody else does this. Maybe I need to do that. I need to be scared because everybody else is scared. The whole world's scared. The church is scared. They sit inside of a, 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 a box and they get on Facebook and tell bad about things about everybody. And all you're doing is being the devil. I mean, it's just antichrist. I want to see some people out there in the water. I want to see you shut your traps and get out of the water. Get out of the water. Get out of the storm. You know why Jesus didn't talk about anybody ever, 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 ever? Because he was out there in the storm. In the air. Right? But somebody talked this duck into putting on. And the ironic thing is, he was hiding from his destiny and his victory. The duck's victory is in the marsh. It's in the water. It's on the other side of the water. But he's scared of his destiny. And so he puts on a raincoat and tries to act like the other birds. Listen, Lost Creek. Listen, man, woman, boy, child. Don't you emulate nobody else. You be you. You be who God had you be. You be God's version of you. And don't put on a raincoat because these other fools have got raincoats on you. Because you're a different animal. A duck is a different animal. You know where a duck takes the battle in the marsh? You know where we take the battle? In the kingdom. We can take it in the kingdom. They'll come against you in the flesh, but Jesus will go into the flesh, into the kingdom. Jesus says the kingdom is already here. In fact, it's been here since John the Baptist. The kingdom is here. We take the battle into the kingdom. Because I was made for that fight. Buffalo and the cows? No, for sure. 
buffalo and cows, they can both sense when a storm is coming. Big terrible rainstorms coming, they both sense it. And cows, they take off running away. Buffalo, they sense the storm and they run right out. They run right into the storm. And I compare that to trauma. We're just creating a generation of cows where we're making it okay for us. We just let them run away from it and not deal with it. And the cool thing is, is cows, as they're running away from the storm, they get tired. The storm catches up with the cows and the cows keep running. They don't stop. If they stop, look the storm back. No, they just run to stay in the storm. So they're in this misery and shame and guilt. They're in this way longer than they have to be. The buffalo, they run into the storm and it's terrifying. Once you get past that first initial scare, that fear, and you get in the storm and the storm passes, then they're happy and they're rested and then they can enjoy what the storm gave them, the water and the grass and all that stuff. storms differently was what the video was saying. Yep. When there's a storm coming, storm coming, all the cows get in line and they run for a low. And why, why do they do I always have that talk about that herd mentality. They run to the barn. They run. The they run to the barn. And they run behind the other cow that runs behind the other cow. When I see people doing the same thing everybody else does, That's exactly I see right. herd mentality, I see cows. Hate people. Hate people. That's what we're supposed to do. Hate people. And the irony is, and we did this one time going to prison. Funny thing we talked about. As the cows run away from that storm, they're actually staying in it. Because as the storm goes, we go. And we end up being like Eeyore, that little donkey. Poor God bless Eeyore. The storm stays over their head the whole time. And if you stopped and asked the cow, why are you running? Well, it's because all the other cows are running. That's all I know to do. I'm a cow. I do what everybody else does. But a buffalo, who God made uniquely strong, God made a buffalo for the storm. Out in Yosemite in these national parks, they can withstand sub-zero. They got they got this massive high, thick high muscle. They can withstand temperatures that a cow can't even touch. They can withstand the wind. They can withstand all that. They can, they can withstand the storm. When that storm comes, they look at it and they say, charge, because I was made for this. Charge. Because, yeah, you better not get in front of them. That's right. <laughs> you know the most dangerous place to be around a cow? Behind one. That's exactly The most dangerous place to be in front of a buff is in the buffaloes in front of them. Because they're full steam ahead. Because they tackle, they know who they are, and they know they were made for that moment, and this is their moment, and they're going to charge that storm. They're not, they're not sadistic. None of us like the storm. It's not about liking that moment. It's about the understanding that everything you're looking for is on the other side. And somehow you want to get through it. It's not about saying we love our storms. 
made you to get through your storm. Yes, and on the other side of your storm is yes. your purpose. And yes. the devil keeps telling you, cow, it's back there, it's back there. And God keeps saying, then why do I still have you here? Your purpose is out there. Cows look back. And they constantly run looking back over their backside. Scared. But a buffalo is a different animal. Like, and I'm going to go to Mark 4 and 35. I want to give you a little scripture to back that up. I don't want to just talk about a buffalo. I want to tell you why, why I can scripturally tell you that you are a different animal in this room. Buffaloes are different animals. Bison, if you like that word. The American bison. Civil freedom. I want to look at Mark 4 and 35. Can you do it in the passion? Is it okay? If you don't have it, I can do it in NLT. Thank you. Let's read the scripture together. Later that day after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's. Did he say run? Did he say let's go run away from something? He said, Let's cross over the other side of the lake. Keep going. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from shore with him. Has he been teaching from the boat? And there were other boats that sailed with him. <coughs> Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat. You ever felt that? They told me it was all but swamped. Pause. You ever feel like your boat's getting rocked? Like the storm is so hard that it's just crashing, you're just crashing here and there, stuff coming against you constantly. You can't catch a break, it's always something. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. And then you start taking on water. The damage starts getting to you, it starts getting scared. Maybe I've got too much damage to withstand this storm. Maybe I've took too much damage to withstand. This storm, it says it was all but swamped. It's, the word says, it was, when you take that literally, it was all but swamped. It was literally about as bad as you get except sunk. Next verse. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on cushion. Pause. Your storm is scary. My storm is scary. But Jesus ain't losing sleep right now. He's not scared. Oh, he cares about you and me. But he's not scared. Because he knows what's on the other side of the storm. Next verse. So they shook him awake saying, this is us, isn't it, sometimes? Teacher, don't you even care? That we're about to die, pause. So many times in our life, we question God that way. Jesus, don't you care about me? Yes. Poor me, don't you care about this? Poor me. It's me, me, me. Everything's me. All I think about is me. And we get so wrapped up in that that we don't even see our self-focus. Like everybody around us, that's all I talk about. But you or me, when we're in that moment, we don't see it. We're so consumed, we don't see it. 
because we normalize their dysfunction. So they were sitting there. I mean, they've literally seen this family do all these miracles. He's raised dead people. He's, he's restored eyes. He's made eyes go in their socket. He's had crippled legs and withered arms just deformed. They've seen all this. And they've got the ghosts right here to say, don't you even care about us. I mean, honestly, it's a good thing Jesus was a perfect man. Because I'd be more likely to just jack them upside the jaw and say, let me show you, let me show you how, let me give you some of the spirit right here is what I've been saying. I got a spirit in his left, his left hook. And I'm going to show you a little bit of it. But Jesus, then fully awake, he rebuked the storm and he shouted to the sea, Hush! Calm down. He shouts to the storm and says, Hush! All that noise that's been keeping you up at night, man. It's been driving you back, man. trust you, pause. I think he tells us that sometimes. In our dysfunction. Guys, how many times have I reigned? How many times have I rescued you? Have you forgot? Yes. Have you forgot? Yes. You think I brought you here just to see you die here? I couldn't let... I mean, have you forgotten you had amnesia? Yes. How many times could you be dead in this room? Yes. Have you forgotten where he brought you from? Come on! Oh, today's storm scary though. Yesterday's storm was scary then. Have you forgotten where he brought you from? He says, Why haven't you learned to trust you? Next verse. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's at the end of it? That's yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> what matter, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and waves obey him. Yes. Jesus was and he is a different animal. Yeah. Why do you think Jesus, we're almost we're getting there, I promise you. Why do you think Jesus, and Johnny, you're helping me finish this. Why do you think Jesus sent those guys through that storm? Help me out. He told them to go through it. You think he was caught off guard? You think he was surprised? You think you you really think Jesus was surprised? So why would Jesus tell them to go through it? I mean, I mean, Jesus, because we have this vision of Jesus that he he wants us weak and body like see. Okay, I gotta love seventeen year old ball player live to make Jake different than. 12 pound whatever with a head the size of a pumpkin jake. Because if I keep loving Jake like the infant Jake, he'll be blobby, soft, and weak forever. And sometimes we want God to always give us that bottle in the mouth 
and treat us like the hippie hippie. Use 
had business on the other side of the lake. They had no business being scared. Jesus has you here for a purpose. I know it gets scary. I know it's easier to sit up here and act tough. It's like to have my veins pop out and say, oh, yeah, no, I'm not scared, never scared. I get scared. We get scared. We get scared. Bigger guys cry bigger tears. They hide them probably something. But so do the little people. We're all not that tough. Regan's probably heard me say this many times when I stand in front of When we stand in front of these, you know, the regular guys are just about family in, in prison incarceration. But you go against some of, some of these units, they got to act tough, you know. It's, it's just part of culture. And I was looking about the face and you ain't bad. You, think you ain't tough. You ain't that tough. I ain't that tough. We all just be... Your body bounced, somebody bounced you, somebody put a bottle in your mouth. Somebody changed your sorry butt. Doctor. Y'all ain't that bad. Ain't nobody in this room that bad. You people. Our people. So I know that's scary sometimes. But if Jesus has you here, you believe you're here for a purpose. And he's told you, and you know that, the facts of the Bible, it's the Word of God, that there's purpose. Then don't you think, if you trust Him, you can get through the storm? Because the purpose is up there. If He will take you out, He doesn't heal sure. Why would He send him out the boat through the storm? you know why the answer is? Does anybody know the answer? In this scripture, that's part of it to test their faith. But what he said, we got business on the other side of the lake. Did he know? Yeah. So what was the business on the other side of the lake? Did anybody know? Cast out a demon. Yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah. There was a man over there that had a legion of demons in him. Jesus had an appointment over there. Now I'm gonna tell you something. This is real pertinent, relevant to where we are right now. Jesus didn't send him over there looking for demons. He sent him over there looking for an evangelist. Demons are just collateral damage. He went looking for a hurt, broken, misunderstood, psychotic, cutting. He cut. The Bible says he was cutting himself. A cutter. He was into the occult, into the uh, wicked things. He hung out in graveyards. He was into all that branding. That's 2,000 years ago. We still see that kind of thing. Not that different. All the time. He went after that boy. That leaves your demons just collateral damage. I'm going to tell you something. Make no mistake. The demons are real. And we're going to cast them out like Jesus said. But if you think... This ministry is going around looking for demons. I can care less. I'm looking for the hurt and broken lost. Yeah. But there'll be some collateral damage. There'll be some demons getting their feelings hurt. There'll be some demons being passed out. That's the collateral damage. 
So Jesus had to get to the other side to get to the boy. The purpose was on the other side of the store. Listen to this. You run into the store not because you're sadistic, not because you're tough, not because you're bad. You run into the store because Jesus has told you your purpose is on the other side. As long as you stay on this side of the lake, you'll not operate purpose. And if you keep being like a cow running with the storm in the opposite direction, you'll never get there. You'll still be dysfunctional. Some, some of us, our lives are dysfunctional like a little groundhog day, Bill Murray movie. It's the same old day. And we're so dysfunctional, we stay there. We stay there because we don't make it through the storm. And as long as we keep running from the storm, we'll have the same repeat activities in your life. So why? That's why you charge the storm. Last set of scripture, Isaiah 6, please lay here. The disciples were different animals. Isaiah was a different animal. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, and grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king resident of Syria, and Pekah, son of Ramalia, the king of Israel set out to attack, whoa, six, Lincoln. Oh, it's, it's, sorry, it says seven. Well, it about say it, but six. <laughs> sorry. Still king Uzziah. It was the year king Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of Heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. And I live among people with filthy lips. But yet I've seen the King. The Lord of Heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal. He had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. And your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Oh. Who will go for us? I said, here am I. Send me. Who will go for us? I said, here am I. Send me. It was a dangerous time. And a sinful man saw the Lord. And he said, I want to take away your guilt. Guilty people were afraid to charge storms. And some of you, we keep trying to fight, but we carry around guilt. And churches sometimes are the worst. They make it worse. Yeah. You made mistakes this week? Shame on you. Guilty. 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 Disqualified. Man. He hadn't had time to correct anything. He was standing there. I'm sinful. 
He said, I'm going to forget right now and forgive you. Well, how about his restoration process? Here's your restoration process. Who will go for me? How about, being, how about your, where's your rehabilitation? How many years it take you to get ready for this project? How about right now? Who'll go? He said, send me into the storm. Who'll go? Who knows? We're changing. You waiting for somebody? Are we all waiting for somebody to come change something for you?
knees and that line pit. And if it costs me everything, I will charge into that pit with my two hands. And I'll come out of that thing with my lion's head in my head. Because my purpose is on the other side. Your purpose is on the other side. When Jesus was walking in the water, and Peter was in that boat, and Jesus, I believe, with all my heart was taking initiatives. He, he didn't tell him that. But Jesus is trying to figure out, I'm sure, who can I trust? Who can deliver this message of Pentecost? Who can I build my church on? Who can be the rock upon this rock? I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not. Who will stand up for me? Who will get out of the boat? And he stood there. He didn't ask who to come. He didn't ask who to come. Quit waiting for somebody to ask you. Quit waiting for somebody to pull you into something. Stand up and say, if my purpose is out there, I will charge after you. Like I speak. I'm going to speak how I speak. 
and God loves me the way I speak. Country draw and all, y'all. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me that. I'm just going to run through that storm. We're looking for reasons to run away from the storm. We're like, Jesus, if there's a way out of this storm, let me know. I've got to, I'll put it in reverse. The boat's going to the other I'll put it in reverse. Then I'll put it in reverse right now. Jesus, if there's a way that's telling me, I'm going to turn around right now. Jesus, I just wait till I feel laid. I got to wait till I feel laid. I just got to wait till I feel laid. You keep waiting till you feel laid. It's time to feel light. It's time to feel light. Jesus, it's time to feel light. You don't have to feel light to obey the word of God. You have to be obedient to obey the word of God. Jesus, if it's you, tell me, and I'll, I'll chase the storm. And Jesus, in the passion, he says this, Matthew 14. He looks at Peter, and he says three words. Go for it. Go for it. Jesus, oh, if you're real, give me the strength right now to charge this storm, this problem in my life. Not to run from you, but to go through it. Give me the strength right now if, it's, if you're real Jesus. And he's looking at people this morning in the spirit. He's telling you, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Peter, you're a different animal. You're a storm chaser. You're a duck. You're a bison. You were made to walk on water. You were made to run through storms. You were made to heal the sick. You were made to Find the church you leave in. I'm going to preach the Bible. Community, right now, as people are going through personal storms, the enemy is telling you to be a cow and keep running away and keep doing what you've always done. There's incredible inertia and failure. Repeat failure takes a lot of inertia. We're done. Let me just say this. When you find yourself in repeat patterns of misery, you're miserable over and over and over and over again. It takes a lot of work to stay in it. It does. It takes a lot. Of, here's the irony. Oh, I've got Come on. When I was a kid, I was afraid of shots for a little while. And uh, nobody likes shots when you're a kid. Got over it. But uh, if you'd have told me I'll give you a pill, you'd be sick the next two weeks, you'd avoid shot. Or I'll give you a shot 24 hours, you'll feel better. When I was a little kid, I took two weeks sick as you could get. That's how our lives are. It takes a lot of work, more work to stay in your misery. Because the cow, the irony is. The buffalo charges the storm and in a few hours he's through it. And he's drinking the water from the storm that it brought and the growth.
But the cow spends his whole life toiling, miserable, fighting that storm. And he thinks it's easier because he's scared of the storm. But the hardest thing, the most labor intense, the, the most grueling thing is to spend your life staying in the storm. When your purpose is on the other side of the problem. Your butt. Oh, I get in trouble. Dad said, You got a harp? Put your head on your harp. If you got a butt. Listen, I'm being serious. Your butt will never get you your destiny. Full steam ahead. I want to say this, and I want, then I want Johnny to say something over there. Officer, service. please don't leave yet. If you've got to go back and hold it, if you can. If you can't, please go. I've got to be quick. I just want to say this. Listen to me right now. God has worked me lately a lot. Sometimes I'm quiet. I don't know if my family even knows what to think of it, but I will tell you. God has been down on me, and I've been studying, I've been thinking so much, and meditating and seeking God and you know, a lot of these things we've been seeking God for a long time and I, I keep trying to say God show me, God show me let me be transparent with you real quick for a while I think it's been multiple people at least Jeannie, me, Val, Bill I'm sure my dad too man no I can't speak for them I'm not going to speak for them one of my concerns has been Jesus where do I see these complete 100% deliverances? And it would bother my faith. Can I be real with you? Yeah, yes. keep it real. That sometimes I didn't see complete. I didn't even see complete myself. So, to be honest. And so I was, I, I've looked every which way I can to try to find. To keep my faith. Get that? Does anybody get my Because I read that Jesus says I'm supposed to touch. And we do see those miracles. But when it's not perfection, I question times. God, am I missing something? What do I need to do? Is there some other scripture or something I can do? And I've been really seeing God about this. And God did this is wrong in a lot of ways. And the family, Learned all kinds of things. But he also showed me something. He said, Heath, God, here's your sign, you little joke. See, Heath, look at my Bible, look at my word. And I go look at his word. He says, That thing you're looking for, that's going to make your faith perfect. Show it to me in your word. Sometimes they need correct. 
Sometimes they get pruned. But they have more strength in the fact that they keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Despite falling, despite failing, despite getting punched in the gut. Then all those steeple places that pretend that none of that exists put together, you give me one row of that church and you'll see more strength.
This message has nothing to do with it in my mind, but the Holy Spirit says different. You got something you want to say real quick? Come on. Come on. Come on, bud. Come on, bud. Come on, bud. Come on, bud. Come on, Being a cow got me where I was at.
And they'll find their purpose and their passion is on the other side. In Jesus' name. Here's what I'm going to do right now. And this prayer's going to walk out in just a minute. That's what these cards were for. If you need them right now to come pray for Jesus, I want you to come pray. When I count to three. And when I count to three, if you need to put something in this trash can, you want to write it down, whatever it is, nobody will look. Fold it up, that's between you and God. Then you come up to this, this altar, there's cards all over this altar. I've about tripped 38 times over there here. I want you to write down what God has put on your heart. Or if you need prayer right now, or you need to give your life to Jesus right now is the time. One, two.